You're listening to a Mint podcast brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi everyone, this is Shovik and welcome to the Mint Techsetra podcast. I cover technology for Mint where we try to make boring tech sound cool for you and hope that we don't end up making cool tech sound boring. Tune in as we decode the latest from the world of technology in India and around the world every week. Today's episode will be presented to you by RJ Ayush, who's a radio jockey with Fever FM and hosts his own tech show called Tech Panti. Over to you, Ayush. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new episode of Mint Tech Sectra brought to you by G Healthcare. Uh, in this episode, we're going to talk about transforming the healthcare delivery and the promise of digital health and precision care. Did you know that the e-health market in India is uh, projected to reach a staggering 10.6 billion dollars by 2025? Telemedicine in particular shows immense potential and is expected to hit 5.4 billion dollars. The Ministry of Electronics and Information Technology has brought about game-changing ap- applications like e-hospital e-blood banks and online registration systems under the Digital India initiative and with the increased budget allocation the national digital health mission is set to transform healthcare but it's not just india the global digital health market is set to soar with a projected growth of 16.5% from 2021 to 2027 reaching a staggering 551.1 billion dollars In recent years the medical device sector has witnessed groundbreaking innovations in digital health from wearable devices to smart inhalers these advancements hold the key to transforming healthcare delivery and improving patient outcomes and the buck doesn't stop there artificial intelligence is revolutionizing healthcare from early disease diagnosis to drug trials and cancer treatments in india alone ai expenditure is skyrocketing it is expected to reach 11.78 billion dollars by 2025 it is also expected to add a whopping 1 trillion dollars to india's economy by 2035 yet challenges persist join us in this episode as we explore the incredible potential of digital health and the roadblocks hindering its progress with girish raghavan vice president engineering at g healthcare Girish has an experience of over 24 years specializing in product development technology engineering and leading global development centers during the course of two decades at GE he has held numerous engineering and technology leadership positions in the field of software hardware systems services and digital engineering currently he leads the healthcare technology center india at GE healthcare south asia and the global engineering for edison platform a strategic project for g healthcare welcome to this episode girish how are you today firstly ayush uh, thank you for the invitation uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you today uh, and look forward to a very interesting conversation with you today girish digital health isn't a word restricted in the confines of its industry as content creators podcasters and rgs We too are witnessing how the healthcare industry is among the first few to embrace technology and transform so quickly to adapt to the times. Still the term is a bit elusive. 
can you break it down in terms of where the industry is and what are the latest trends you see making news a couple of months down the line uh, sure ayush so i would like to step back a bit and talk about some of the macro uh, economic trends we are seeing today uh, or macro health trends we are seeing today as an industry so firstly i would say that covid has been a major uh, accelerator to this transformation so i, I think the future generations would classify healthcare reforms as pre covid and post covid that is the magnitude of acceleration we are seeing in the post covid world so in the post covid world we are seeing a lot of focus going towards virtual care right uh, unlike in the past when uh, we are physically bound to a hospital uh, building we walk into a hospital and that is when you are entering a hospital so that is changing dramatically where we, we no more have walls for hospitals right so virtual care uh, is becoming the new trend today uh, i'm sure in the pre covid world if you had spoken to your doctor your your your, uh, your physician and said can i do a video call uh you would have had a different response right but today doing a virtual call and talking about some of the basic elements is becoming the norm today so virtual care is going to be significant a differentiator the second thing is the whole space of remote patient monitoring right so today uh hospitals are very keen to get patients off their um, hospital because the beds are very limited and uh, earlier uh, you know when a patient gets admitted and when they go through a surgery they stay in the hospital for an extended period of time just for monitoring and actually it's a waste of resources because there are 10 other folks waiting for the same bed so today's trend is about to have these uh, these patients go back to their home and when where you can remotely monitor the patient sitting in an hospital and the patient continues to be in their uh, you know, usual routine so that is the second third, second thing the third one we are seeing today as a big thing is remote um, remote radiology or remote clinicians right so you do a ct or an x ray image and then you have a radiologist sitting in a remote part of the world who can look at the ct or x ray and give uh, his uh, interpretation right which is going to address some of the biggest uh, or the pressing challenges we have today about availability of uh, trained physicians or clinicians in the industry today. Uh, or I, i would say enough enough uh, trained physicians or clinicians in the industry today so if you get these three examples i told which are significant transformation to the way uh healthcare is going to be delivered uh, in the pre in the post covid era is driven by digital transformation okay so one uh, would be definitely for a virtual care you need to have computer vision you need to have uh, you know uh, infrastructure in place that you can remotely monitor the uh, the patient right so today in today's world if you look at a patient who's sitting at home you have so many sensors available on the on the on the patient's uh, body that daily morning it will just monitor everything and it will just send it to the cloud and you have a clinician who would sit in an hospital and he would be monitoring hundreds of patients and we have got some advanced algorithms built which will able to look at all the patients so the physician will be looking at say 100 patients right but the system is so smart and now it will go and tell the clinician that this particular patient sitting in a particular location say bopal right has got a difference in variation in his, in his blood pressure and it gives attention to the patient and then the clinician can log in and see what's happening and even there we have advanced things like computer vision camera based technology where with the click of a button the physician can log in to the patient's uh, room and see what the patient is doing how is he doing have a video call with the patient and make sure he's comfortable with how it is happening right and um, similarly this happens will happen over the, today 5g is not so prevalent today in the country but over the course of time and 5g comes in you'll see all these making some huge transformation in the way healthcare would deliver so if, to large, to a lot of extents what i would say uh, ayush is that the post covid world the transformation what has 
has been what we what we witnessing today is driven primarily by digital transformation okay so that is how i would uh, i would break down this whole space of digital and how it is applicable to healthcare this what a fantastic point that you put up that like almost everyone um is either wearing a smart device or carrying a smart device for example a smartphone which tags your geolocations might give uh, the doctor a feedback on how active the person is me myself i'm wearing a smart watch uh, i use it to track my sleep i use it to track how much movement i am doing in the day and of course the heartbeats so your recommendation a strong recommendation that these devices are the future absolutely uh, i in fact uh, we will in the future be calling it as risk clinic right because you have uh, all the variables in your hand and you will have multiple sensors in at your home okay where you will have so much of data which will get aggregated which will be pushed through a centralized system and you would have people who would be monitoring this tra- tracking trending and making uh, very useful insights out of that see the idea of all these ayush is very simple right the general healthcare trend has been reactive right somebody falls sick you go to hospital and you and the person is treated the shift happening in healthcare is getting to more proactive and i would say predictive right so today there a lot of focus going on predictive uh, diagnosis right where you can predict that this person has a high chance of getting cancer right you have genomic studies happening there so many things happening in the healthcare world where you can predict to a reasonable level and so that the patients or potential patients can take proactive actions to avoid that and then the, you also have one element of it which is more proactive in nature right one is predictive which is far ahead other is proactive before a issue comes you just make uh, make action so that you can solve those problem and it is precisely where i used that all what you mentioned about uh, sensor and um, all the various sensors we have uh, everything is going to help uh, no solve those kind of issues what we're going to face in the future sure we're talking about innovation so many innovation oriented disciplines are invested in the healthcare business there's tech there's industrial design service design user experience user interface and now there is ai but what according to you is the most promising technology that will transform the face of healthcare so i will again perhaps step back a bit i used to talk about uh, what is it you're trying to solve right so i think we're trying to solve uh, two big things one is accessibility and affordability and bucketizing them into one element how do we make healthcare more accessible and affordable okay to people in tier 2 tier 3 cities and so on and so forth second is how do we improve the clinical outcomes right uh, this is a well known thing that uh, it's a well studied stuff uh, where the third largest cause of death in the in united states is because of uh, medical misdiagnosis or mistreatment and so on and so forth right so how do we improve clinical outcomes so accessibility affordability and clinical outcomes these are two big things and if you look at from a technology perspective what is going to help it is applied ai for sure right and how does ai help so i'll give you an example today if you walk into an hospital right um, see if you go back and see 8 years back uh, a radiologist would have had perhaps 10 cts in a day or 10 x-rays in a day right? he comes at 8 o'clock in the morning he will look at some scans he will have time to go to the various rooms for like cts or mr systems come back have lunch you know this well spread out today a radiologist in a busy hospital would go through something like you no know, 70 to 80 ct scans in a day it is humanly impossible to have very good attention level to to that level of detail and then he has to work after 6:30 7 o'clock to make reports for the day and then by the time is done is is totally tired right so where ai is helping is is precisely there we are going to assist the clinicians to make the right calls so we use ai to say 
okay if you got 100 cities with you which is available for the for the, for the uh, religious to see the ai would help the clinicians to prioritize so the system would automatically prioritize and say the ones which have got the highest problem it will bubble it up so the focus goes on that right and more, m- maybe after lunch when he is not uh, no so rigorous he can look at some of the things and just make sure it is fine right similarly if you look at a pet scan today we use ai to identify lesions and we just put a circle around that and the clinicians can look at it and say ah it makes sense yes it is an action or it doesn't make sense okay forget it you know just ignore it right so basically we have to assess the clinicians to improve productivity to uh, have to democratize the quality of care across the healthcare ecosystem and very importantly towards end of the day we help in reporting so today reporting in the olden days they used to t- open a word and they had to type you no know, it takes 5 to 8 days to get a report documented and then you have to go to the chief radiologist who will review it sign it by then the patient gets a report you have lost 3 to 4 days right maybe even a week and a half to 10 10 10 days in some cases i am aware of but today using ai we able to pre-format and provide a report proactively and the clinician has to just open it and go through some of the vitals over there just check whether everything is fine add some comments remove some comments right so there's something to work on by drastically reducing the number of time the amount of time it would take to make make those reports so i think these are all some of the big transformation we are seeing thanks to the technology so coming back to your question accessibility affordability is one big driver second is the clinical outcome so technology like ai is going to play a huge role over, over there Uh, 5G is going to play a huge role in the future Ayush because today if you look at in a hospital in a healthcare ecosystem in India a lot of people come to tier 1 cities not because there are no hospitals there they come because they don't have experts over there in the future the hospitals will go to the patient as against patient coming to the hospital so it's possible that a patient sitting in a tier 3 city okay uh, would be seen by a clinician sitting in a tier 1 city and will go to such an extent in the future where they can even do surgery Uh, remotely using robotics right so so 5g would play a huge role in the future in providing accessibility and affordability to healthcare in the lower uh, in tier 2 tier 3 cities when it comes to health for the longest time innovation has been one of the pillar and reliability another but with advancements in technology and timely accuracy is also achievable but why is precision care necessary and how will it change the way that healthcare is delivered yeah i think you're you're right so for a very long period of time uh, innovation and reliability have been seen as two different pillars right uh, but with precision care i think it's changing it dramatically so precision care if you try to break it down there are two parts to it one is what we call the precision health other is the operational health right so operational health is about the hospital ecosystem how do you make it op- operationally uh, efficient uh, okay uh, how do you make it very uh, you know fine tuned towards the need of the time hmm. and you know an example of operational efficiency or operational health over there and there's a clinical health which is the precision health piece of it so operational health is all about if you go to an hospital assuming you're running a large hospital and you got hundreds of cities in 10 different hospital locations you have how do we ensure that the hospital is optimized to get the best uh, utilization right so the management of fleets of cities across 10 different cities right so technology plays a huge role over there where you can monitor all the systems what is see the load of the systems depending on the patient profile you know where to send the patients to so i've seen hospitals where there are there are five ct systems two are super busy and three are idle hmm. okay it's just that the the person will allocating the uh, patients to a ct would have would allocate cardiac patients to a particular ct 
right and because of the load they were assuming they would assu- they would also allocate some of the neuro uh, patients to the same ct ideally they should be spread across multiple cts right so that is one big thing the other thing is the whole question of smart scheduling see in the previous days um, ayush the whole ecosystem was thriving with the doctor at the middle of the ecosystem mm. so if you want to get an appointment with a doctor it's purely based on doctor's availability right but today things have changed today when you set up a time with a doctor it is based upon doctor's availability and your availability so in the future when we come with some very smart uh, scheduling uh, solutions the solution would be able to look at a patient look at a doctor availability look at patient's profile okay is a late riser or a early riser okay 9 o'clock in the past he has never attended a consultation so okay it's going to rain that day something from a far off place there be traffic jam so you can take lot of elements into account to make sure that there is a higher chance of the patient coming to the doctor and today if you go to a good hospital if you will find that the hospital would pay the doctor for one hour of his time okay but assuming that 10 patients coming to the doctor in one hour and in most cases you will find only seven turn up Okay, so it's actually loss for the hospital as well. So the operational efficiency part is what I was talking about: smart scheduling, all the smart technologies are going to make a big difference, right? Uh, I would even go one step one step further. I was going to talk about smart devices. Hmm. So today, the basic assumption is that the devices are dumb, right? Uh, until until a couple of years back, you no know, devices dumb. The operator is smart. Operators to tell the patient the device what to do. It will do. The, the operator will say, start the scan. It will start the scan. Stop. It will stop. Pause. It will pause. Right. But today the systems have become so so smart. They're very intelligent. That the system will tell the operator what to do. So we are trying to take away the expertise which is required from a technologist. That is, we are trying to normalize the the quality of care. Hmm. So today PTs will come and tell or today's MR will tell the technologist, look, the patient has moved a bit, so you should do a rescan. Okay. Or today's X-ray will tell the technologist, looks like this would need a re-X-ray. So there are cases I don't know if you have experienced. No, you leave the hospital, go back home, and somebody will call you and say, "Come back, the X-ray was not good." Right. So systems are becoming very, very smart today, where it will tell the clinicians what to do as things are they were wrong. So this is the operation efficiency part. Then comes the the clinical outcome or the precision health piece of it. That is precisely where AI is going to help. Right. So precision health is all about how do we optimize protocols. Okay. Uh, so for example, today in our CTs, what we have. the ct system is so intelligent thanks to its ai uh, inbuilt ai engine what we have that the system would look at the patient or oh, i have patient x on the table it will go and look at the uh, hospital information system or the risk system and it will recommend to the clinician what protocol to use to get the optimal image okay so that is awesome because in the in the past the t- technology will have to call the radiologist okay and ask him what should i choose or he have to go through some calculation to figure out what has to be done today systems are so smart the system will go and recommend to the clinician what to use right so this is another example of of i would say of, of the precision uh, health piece of it so i think the precision health and the operational health together is what constitutes the precision care if you look at the life cycle of how diseases are detected treated and kept at bay with uh, post treatment care especially when it comes to critical conditions there's a lot that goes into making that happen so how is g healthcare working to integrate emerging technologies in patient care okay so i will pick up few uh, key technologies ayush which uh, which are very relevant to the healthcare space one big one is computer vision okay so computer vision today um, i would say plays a important role um, in both device management as well as in terms of remote patient monitoring in device management because uh assuming there is a patient on a ct scan on a scanner 
the computer vision sitting on top of the uh, ct room can in fact look at the patient and say whether it's well positioned okay it will tell where to do the scan how to do the scan etc so that is one one advantage uh, the other advantage if you look at some of the large hospitals we have uh, in the us primarily so we have a lot of patients in an icu right today if you look at a icu or uh, no critical care unit you need to have a, an attendant who would have to be at the bedside uh, bedside watching the watching the patient right it's, it's quite expensive affair as well so today using computer vision technology we can predict okay to a reasonable degree i won't say 100% predict to a reasonable degree whether the patient is about to fall okay and in fact you can even monitor and say has the patient has gone to the restroom yes and come back after say 20 minutes the system will give an alert to tell the patient was on the table the patient has gone he hasn't come back in 20 minutes it will give an alert and the nurse can go back and check what happened to the patient so computer vision plays a huge role over there right the other area would obviously be applied ai and i give examples around uh, clinical outcomes huge role to play there where it can significantly improve the quality of care for f- uh, clinicians and, and physicians across the world and third one is 5g obviously because 5g helps to take accessibility uh, to the tier 2 tier 3 cities and thereby significantly improve the accessibility of technologies to the areas where where it needs the mo- needs the most um and uh, so in the future you'll find that uh, we will have uh, you no know, uh, clinicians can remotely sitting in a tier 1 city you can have a technologist operate a ct scanner in a tier 3 city with some local assistance uh, you still need somebody in the room but you can do a lot of things remotely because the 5g technology would significantly help in terms of uh, low, low latency and high bandwidth right? so that's going to be a big thing and uh, lastly cloud cloud is making a huge uh, inroad ayush uh, cloud is going to become the the operating system of of this universe in the years ahead sure. because what happen is uh, if you take the example what i'm referring to no uh, you have using cloud technology you can have a have somebody sitting in you no know, in delhi looking at uh, records of a patient sitting in uh, in bangalore as an instance or in a, on a tirupur or salem right so cloud will play a huge role uh, because now until recently the healthcare systems were within the were confined within the hospital premises it's stored in big servers in the hospital device but things going to the cloud both the patient as well as the clinicians have access to it across across the system and what's going to combat it quite a bit is going to be the new uh, policies by the government of india like ayushman bharat and so on and so forth are going to tremendously help this because in the future thanks to ayushman bharat and the the digital health mission what has put being put in place the backbone what we have it's possible that a patient who's going to hospital b can give authorize the uh, hospital b to retrieve records from hospital a and all this will come over the cloud Uh, cloud system right so significant uh, advancements they expecting uh, in the healthcare space because of these uh, technologies i girish you are a passionate globe trotter who prefers walking the path less traveled and back in 2017 you got a chance to bring together this passion with your other one engineering when you were the engineering leader for the revolution act or act product line You brought affordable diagnostics to tier two and tier three cities in India, Asian and Africa. Rest assured, you understand the gap between advancement and accessibility. So, what are some of the most significant challenges associated with implementing digital health solutions in healthcare, and how can these challenges be addressed? Okay, so I think as far as the CT is concerned, our bigger the problem we were trying to solve, Ayush, when we started this project, was about accessibility. 
So if you look at two big cities, you have, I'll give an example. You have, say, Bangalore and and Coimbatore as an example. Okay. So in the past, when you have any accident in between, or Bangalore and Salem, to make it simpler, right? Two cities. If something happens between these two cities, the patient has to go either to Bangalore or to Salem, right? Or one of the nearest cities. What we have. Uh, the problem is in a trauma case. Assuming there's an accident at midnight, you have only one hour or one and a half hours if you're lucky to reach the nearest hospital. And uh, that was a major issue because you can't reach either Bangalore or Salem if you're right in the middle in one and a half hours either ways, right? Um, so that was a big challenge. So we actually went after this this particular problem to see how do we bring CTs to tier two, tier three cities, and thereby improve the quality of care we want to provide to patients uh, in in that part of the world. Interestingly, what we did at that point in time, we actually worked with some 250 clinicians uh, in the country, clinicians and technologists and you know, hospital administrators um, in the country. We asked them, "What do you want? What are your pressing needs?" It was very interesting. The first thing they told us is space. Okay, so they said we want CT which is very compact. We we don't have the luxury of building a new building just because G has a CT. I'm in a tier two city. I already have a hospital built. No, ten years back, it's maybe my dad's or my uh, family doc clinic or my own clinic which I set up. I cannot afford to build one more. So we have to design a CT which was so light that it can sit on the fifth floor. So we actually were able to reduce the weight of the CT system by fifty percent versus the predecessor uh, predecessor product. So you can take it to the fourth or fifth floor and keep it over there. They don't have to build a new building or you know change their basements completely. Hmm. That was one. The second thing they told uh, interestingly was power quality. Okay, so we have a lot of actually in 2017 we had a lot of a lot of power fluctuations and uh, the the customers are worried about the total cost of ownership. So if you have a CT system and you have a power, it will just cost them crazy. The operational cost will go up significantly. So what we did is we did as part of innovation, we made sure that the power consumption for the CT system is so less that we are able to reduce the power consumption by 47 percent. Wow. Okay. So it actually improves the the CT efficiency. It is also uh, uh, cost-effective for operationally for the hospital, right? So that is second thing we did. The third thing we did is uh, what I was talking to you earlier about the availability of trained technologists. It's very difficult to get them in a tier two, tier three city because they all migrate to a tier one city over a period of time. So we actually simplified the user interface so much that that people can't make a mistake. Okay, so it's like having a cockpit in an aeroplane. This is auto rickshaws, uh, you know, system, right? So basically, we remove all the buttons. We have only start, stop, push, and you know, a very few basic buttons, right? That's all. You can we can't make mistakes. We automated a lot of things behind the scene that it significantly reduced the uh, the technical skills required for the uh, technologists to operate the system. It, it was a big thing because to this way we're able to take the CT system to tier two, tier three. And if we hadn't got this one thing right, we would have not be able to penetrate so much because. There's no point having a CT system which nobody can operate, right? Mm. And the last thing we did is we never compromised on the image quality, which is very crucial for clinical outcomes. So we worked with uh, the image quality systems. What we have made sure that the image quality is as good uh, uh, as what we had in the predecessor system, right? So though we're taking the cost out and making it more cost effective, we never compromised on the image quality of the system. So I think these are the four. Uh, big innovations, which I think uh, you know, transformed the uh, CT or healthcare scenario uh, in the country uh, since 2017. Fantastic! I mean, just listening to this, I, I've been uh, enlightened. I am an engineer myself. Uh, I've uh, done mechanical engineering, and uh, to think of uh, you know a problem 
between solving that problem and then making it simpler so that it comes for a common good thank you so much girish for such a riveting conversation your insights into the healthcare industry definitely helped us understanding it better not only that now we know where to look when it comes to digital health thank you ayush uh, thanks for the opportunity it has been pleasure talking to you and uh, wish you all the best thank you so much girish once again while it is true that only 64 doctors are available per 1 lakh people in india and a lack of infrastructure in primary healthcare centers especially in rural india which houses 70% of the population access to high quality diagnostic services remains a concern but this is also true that digital health and precision care will be the revolution that will help change all this it will shape the future of healthcare in india and beyond once again thanking girish raghavan uh, to share his time and insights on mint etcetera brought to you by g healthcare so that's that for this episode we really hope that you enjoyed what we discussed and if you have suggestions in terms of what more we can cover as part of our podcast do let us know you can catch me at distant vicinity on twitter and at shovik das on instagram thank you so much see you next time to stay updated on this podcast follow us at hd smartcast on all the major social media platforms to listen to more such podcasts log on to www.hdsmartcast.com